Hi guys, this is Freddie Mugen, Dallas Sidekicks player. This is Juan Gamboa, goalkeeper of the Dallas Sidekicks, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation. This week we're joined by Jonathan Ross. Jonathan, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Dustin. It's been, well, it's only been a couple days since our last one, but it's been two weeks since our last happy hour. So uh, I have uh, I have saved up. I've got my uh, uh, Pentacolis uh, sit down or I'll sit you down ready to go. So I'm, uh, I'll be all right. It's a classic, classic choice. Yes. All right. Well, this week we're going to do a little bit of a different kind of happy hour. We're going to switch up and do some MASL happy hour. We've got from the Dallas Sidekicks um, in the bottom left of my screen, uh, I guess the top right of yours, uh, we've got Juan Gamboa. How's it going? Well, well thank you for having us. Um, it's, it's, let's make this fun. Let's, let's, let's have a good little chat. Let's do it. And on the bottom right, we've got Freddie Mugen. How's it going, Freddie? Good. How are you? Thanks for having us. Let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> well, let's start with this. Gentlemen, we're, we are uh, holed up in lockdown, social distancing, whatever we're going to call it, quarantine, I guess. Um, where where are we? Are you, Freddie, are you up in Canada or are you still down here in Dallas? No. Yeah, so whenever they announced that the season was finished, uh, I just changed my flight and I came the day after. And uh, I think a week after, Canada closed the borders and nobody could come in and out of the country. So luckily, I was back home before that. So I've been here in Montreal, Canada, in my house since, uh, I don't know when that was finished, end of uh, mid-March, you know, maybe March 10th or something like that. So being here locked up in this room since then, I haven't left the room. Not the room. Like, I hope <laughs> not a, even, wow. Yeah, I hope there's a potty it's, in there. It's <laughs> tough there in Montreal, man. Yes, they tell us to stay there and we stay. We cannot leave. Freddie's working out all the time. What do you mean he doesn't go out? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing, man. He's just doing push-ups in his, in his cell, man. That's what he's and, doing, right? I mean, I'm making all the Instagram workouts. <laughs> Yeah, no, we have actually, yeah, me working out almost every day. We have a little workout we have to follow from the national team. We're supposed yeah. to go to the CONCACAF futsal national team. We're supposed to go to the CONCACAF at the end of, uh, at the beginning of May, but it's not going to happen. And our coach, Kit, he, pet, he has a little program for us to follow for a few weeks because we don't know what's going to happen. So, be running and doing push-ups and abs and... That's it, you know. There's not much you can do at home. Yeah. Well, what about you, Juan? What have you been up to? Don't lie, Juan. <laughs> not much exercise, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I've uh, just been at home, catching up with my uh, twin babies, um, and working from home. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I've been having to do a lot of um, distant at home learning or whatever they're calling it at different places. So uh, just trying to keep my, uh, my sanity with two screaming babies half of the day and get <laughs> assignments graded here at the house and stuff. Do you at least have a dog so you can go out for like a three mile walk just to get away? <laughs> no, no dog. Oh man. Yeah, it, it's tough. Well, uh, Lost my train of thought there. Uh, I have a question though. So how is it in Dallas now with the with the 
quarantine? You guys locked up or everything is back to normal? What's happening? It's, uh, so we're still locked down, I guess you could say. Um, it looks like they're not going to re- like renew the, the stay-at-home order after it uh, expires with the 31st, 30th? Yeah, 31st. Um, we'll see. I think they're starting to phase things back so we can kind of go out more. And, like, I think retail's got 25% capacity. You can let people in and stuff like that. So maybe get back to normal just a little bit. What about uh, Montreal? How's how's things up there? Uh, I think uh, the date they put is at the end of May, May 31st. So we have another month, I think. And then hopefully things are going to start getting back to normal, but we don't know. We don't know. Gotcha. Uh, in in, in uh, YouTube chat, we've got Christoph Malbov. He says, Freddy's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and Frederico Urania says, two goats right there. So yeah, for sure. I'm assuming he's referring to me and you, Dustin, right? I think so. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, say for sure you guys are two goats right there. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Cool. Uh, well, uh, you know, speaking of hard things, uh, the season at at uh, the, the Sidekicks wasn't uh, the easiest season, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's just take a spin though. Like, were there any highlights of the season? That anything that stands up as something that like you really enjoyed about the season? I let Gamboa go first, but for sure there's positives. But let Gamboa go first. I mean, I think just uh, the group we formed this year—that that's the the highlight of the season. Just the the group of guys that came together and and i mean it was it was great to hang out with those guys it was a great time being part of that team um a lot of young guys coming in and and trying to learn the game um but i mean we're happy with the group we had or we have i'm not i don't know all the specifics on other people but it was a it was a great group of guys and i think um i mean it was just a, a lot of young young guys trying to learn the game but I mean, the group was great, and that's that's what I'm gonna take as a highlight. Very cool. Yes, no, I agree 100. Uh, percent Gamboa as well, and myself, we've been playing this league for a very long time, and uh, some seasons, you know, we have a good team, you're winning, but the group is tough. You know, it's a lot of uh, egos and bad talking in the locker room and behind people's back, and he brings a bad energy to the group and ends up not being a great season. It's not easy, no professional sports, so many guys together and, and everything that happens. Uh, but yes, we have a great group. I think uh, the sidekicks, they have a three-year plan. That's what they told me when I went there, when I signed for the first time all this past season. And uh, this was the first year of the three-year. And uh, the main thing was to create a good, a good group. Good players, good guys, uh, a lot of young guys, like Gamboa said, still learning the game. So we, I was looking at our schedule the other day, the results, and there's so many games we lost by one goal over time, and we win and we lose. So if you know, it's, if you get those games back, and uh, the guys have a little bit more experience, maybe we'd have five, six, seven wins more than we had. Uh, but that's easy to say, right? Every team can say that as well. 
But uh, next year is going to be exciting. They're bringing maybe a few more guys with experience, plus keeping all this group that we already have. So I'm looking forward to next season for sure. So you said three more years, three-year project. So does that mean you, you're going to be sticking around for a little while? or? Well, I signed for three years. Okay. That doesn't mean I have to be there three years, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I signed for three years. That's the plan to come back uh, this winter and then the following year. And the goal is in the third year to win the championship. So let's see what happens. There you go. And then after that, maybe like, I know you're already putting your foot into coaching, right? Yeah. So, yes. So I've been getting my licenses to coach here in Canada. Uh, I've been assistant coach in the league in the MISL for many years. Uh, Three years in Florida, another year in St. Louis. So, so yes, let's see what happens. And uh, if that's... Where it takes me to coaching them myself, if, if it's on a good good opportunity, then we do it. Otherwise, I come back here and uh, and see what happens. Very cool. Hey, so uh, Juan, um, I was reading that you have played at Wembley Stadium. Yes, sir. Uh, back in 2012. Um, I played a, a Budweiser tournament with a team from San Antonio. And we won the national. We, we won in San Antonio. We won in Dallas. We won in Houston. So we went to London representing the USA or one of the USA teams. Um, and I got, got to play at Wembley Stadium, the final. I mean, it was like a five. It was a short-sighted game. It's not like a full field, but we got to play uh, – like the width of the field we played on Wembley Stadium, um, we ended up winning that that tournament. That's wow. really cool. It was a great experience. They took us. Uh, we were up there for like a week. We went to the FA Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, they had us up in some really nice hotel. I mean, it was the works. It was it was a great tournament. Would you say that's probably your favorite place to play? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Freddie, you played you played for Montreal, right? Uh, the the uh, Impact. Correct. I played is, for the Impact. Is that is that the your favorite place to play, or like where's the where's what's been your favorite place? Uh, my favorite place to play is for sure Allen Event Center. <laughs> okay, besides <laughs> that, that one aside, of course, of course. <laughs> right, yeah, well, no, here in Montreal, here in Montreal has always been great. Uh, there's a lot of fans back then. I think was one of the only teams in the league or the, the fewer teams in the league that had almost like a sold-out stadium every game. And uh, still, they have very good fans. Uh, for sure, here was a place that I used to love to play. And uh, and again, Allen Event Center is amazing. <laughs> but one of the things that jumped out to me when I was, when I was kind of looking at your career was some of the... Uh, international work, right? So, you know, like Thailand or Poland or whatever. I mean, how did that, how did that even come about? How'd you, how'd you end up, you know, for example, ending up in, in, in Poland playing, uh, playing soccer? Yeah. So the reason I went to Poland is that one year, actually in the indoor league, there was a player from Poland. He was here. He played one year with me in New Jersey and then he went back. And uh, the coach there was looking for a striker and then so he thought about me, he, he messaged me 
And then I went to Poland for two weeks for, with the club. They were going for preseason. And then the coach said, look, uh, you're exactly what I was looking for. So we're going to sign you. So it was the first league in Poland. So they signed me. I had to go back to Brazil to get the work permit. It was, it was not easy. And then I got it. And I went back to Poland. And I, and I played that season there. It was amazing. Uh, I remember playing against Legia Warsaw, which is a team that plays in the Champions League. Uh we play against them at home. The stadium was packed and there was a section just for the fans from the other team from Legia and they were fighting the entire game and and throwing like fire. I don't know what they were throwing at each other and I was playing, I was looking, I was like a little scared. I was like, if these guys break the fans, they're going to come on the field. What's going to happen, you know? But uh, yeah, very intense, good crowds and uh, our fans really nice and they supported us and Good experience and and to Thailand. It was right after Europe. I came back to Montreal and my agent at the time said, "Look, Fred, I have uh, something for you in Thailand and the Premier League. Are you willing to go?" And I said yes. And then uh, actually it was in another country called uh, Vietnam, right? Yeah. Uh, the first league in Vietnam is a good league, believe it or not, good salary. So I went. I stayed there two days. I told him, "Look." Uh, with all the respect to everybody that's from Vietnam may be listening, I, I, I didn't like personally where I was. So I said, look, I cannot stay here, sorry. So he said, okay, I'm going to send you to Bangkok. It's a better place, in his opinion. So I went, and I really <laughs> like it. I loved it, Thailand. And uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, I stayed there for a little bit. And then the, after the, 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 the contract was up, I went to another country called Oman, right beside Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. because there was three months left in the season and they, they needed a striker as well. They signed me. I played three months and then I came back. But uh, great experiences. And to be honest, after that, I said, look, it's, it's enough now traveling everywhere. I'm just going to stay in North America, in Montreal, in the U.S. And that's it. You know, that's why since 2012, I've been just playing the indoor league and then playing outdoor soccer here. And uh, there's a league here in Quebec. It's a semi-professional league, so I just play here outdoor and then indoor in the U.S. So does your family travel with you whenever you go to these places? or? Yes, they come with me. Uh, now I have a four-year-old. He's going to start school this winter here, this fall, I guess, hopefully. And uh, then I don't know what's going to happen. They, they're not going to be able to come, uh, maybe just for you know Christmas and New Year's and things like that. But usually, yes, they come with me. But this last season in Dallas, they came for, I think, uh, five, six weeks. And then uh, and then they had to come back to Montreal. Gotcha. You know, I, going back to the stadiums, I'm surprised none of you all ever mentioned that, like, you, you, you're in your favorite places, those places with the blue turf. So, like, Kansas City and Utica? Like, I'm surprised those didn't make your, your uh, list. I haven't played there. Really? Playing in Kansas City? No. Wow. Kansas City is nice. Uh, the arena is similar to Allen, to be honest. It's about the same size, I think. And uh, similar. And Utica, I played there last, last year, right? The year before Dallas. Nice arena, good fans, good people too. Good places. It's a little dark in Utica, I find the arena, but it's really nice. The fans... Uh, uh, the atmosphere, the hour is very loud. It's, it's very cool. Do you think that uh, the sidekicks should get some sort of colored turf like that? 
Maybe like some gray, some silver Kurt turf. <laughs> well, why not? You know. Yeah. We'll we'll make it happen. Something different. We'll make it happen. We we'll get uh, I don't know who, I don't know who from the front office. Fetty, we'll get we'll get Fetty to talk to somebody. Yeah, Fetty can make it happen for sure. That guy can do anything. <laughs> So for the, for the sidekicks, I know that you guys did have quite a bit of turnover this year. So you, you talked about the three-year plan. Is that, I mean, how much, how many of the players were new? I guess, I don't know, Juan, do you, do you know that, I mean, what's, what percentage of the team turned over from the year before? Well, if we talk about just guys going to uh, the Outlaws, I want to say at least seven or eight of our guys went to the Outlaws, at least. Uh, there might be more that snuck over there. Uh, I don't have a a specific count right now. Then we lost uh, Nestor to Ontario. Um, and then a, a couple other guys that, that just didn't end up coming back. So I would say at least 60% of the team was was new, at least. I want to think um, it was a lot of new faces and new to indoor soccer Um guys so it's not like guys that have been playing other places it's brand new to indoor soccer trying to transition from outdoor to indoor so um yeah it was a a big uh a big learning year for for a lot of guys and also sorry who won some games he he couldn't play because of personal reasons i don't know how many games it was like four or five i don't know and uh the backup goalie never played indoor before and uh, so imagine, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a team already with a lot of uh, guys with no experience and then the backup goalie with no experience, it takes time for the goalie to learn, especially, right? So many new things, even though uh, Carlos is a good outdoor goalie for indoor, it takes time and he was just throwing the fire and had to perform in Monterey two times. And and so it's not easy, you know, for especially for a goalkeeper. It's hard to just come into the game and start flying like one. Yes, not many people. Like, not many nobody, people. Can just, nobody can levitate like that guy. <laughs> that picture was good, huh? Yeah. There's, a tra- there's a trampoline in that area that I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so, so I guess with all the young players that you're like that you're bringing in and and all the people new, how I guess it's good to have you know some veterans like y'all and and you know, especially a, a teacher, so like how much of, how much effort did, did, or how much does, does the coaching staff lean on, on veterans and, and people like that? And is that like, a, I guess a, a core part of the strategy there? Well, I think, uh, yes, I think you have to have some veterans, especially in the indoor game. If you make a team of just rookies or guys from the city or something like that, it's not going to work. Uh, so we need some veterans. We had more guys with experience, but they got hurt, right? Evo was injured most of the season. Uh, Cameron Brown as well, great player, a lot of experience too. Injured, and uh, there's more too. So DJ Nando, yeah, yeah, we had, we had So you lose four guys right there with experience to a group that doesn't have much experience. It makes everything harder, but. The coaching staff, I guess, they want from us just the, the leadership and, you know, showing the guys that what you're supposed to do on the field, that you're able to do those things that the coaching staff, they ask. 
And uh, because if there is nobody to, to, to show or to prove that's possible to be done, is everything is harder, right? So I think it's important to have uh, guys with experience. Yeah, I mean, um, there was a group of us that, that we, we would talk amongst ourselves and try to figure out ways to, to pass a little bit more knowledge down to the younger guys and that kind of stuff. Uh, but, I mean, the coaching staff would, would look t- for us to take leadership and, and uh, try and help the younger guys out and, and just trying to learn the game as quickly as possible. So what's the goals for next ne- next season? Is it just to, to beat Mesquite? Is that like, is that it? <laughs> just, you know, let's just make sure we take out the outlaws and we're, we'll be all right. Maybe before oh, before winning the championship the year after, right? Yes. So that's two years. Two. And they already got one under their belt, though. That's a good point. Okay, you're right. We should be able to beat Mesquite every game. Why not, you know? For sure, that's a goal. We want to win every game, especially against Mesquite. That's our rival. Uh, so that's number one. But the goal is going to be to make the playoffs. But we have, go, we have to go a game at a time still, just like every other year. Hope, hope that guys don't get injured, that we're able to keep at least most part of the group throughout the entire season and, and go a, a game at a time. But the good thing is that most of the guys now, we know how the coach wants us to play. It's a little different style. Uh, even for me, it took me a little bit of time to, to understand, but it's very clear. It's nothing hard, but now everybody, you know, understands more. And uh, if, if you really look with all honesty towards the end of the season, or me to the end of the season, we played some very good games. We played really well. Even all the teams, all the players, coaches, they would tell us, look, you guys are playing very well. And I can't believe the record that you guys have is this, you know, because the way you guys played against us tonight is like, wow, you know. So we had some good games against Utica, which is a very strong team. Against Monterrey at home, overtime. Utica at home, overtime. Against Tacoma, we beat them. We played well. So, so many good games. But we need to be able to close those games and win, right? Cannot lose by one goal so many games. So that's, uh, I think, the main thing you have to do next year to learn how to close those games and uh, make less mistakes. So assuming you guys are on schedule, are you? what's the – when do you guys go back to, to start um, you know, getting ready for the season? Gamboa can answer, but I think uh, usually the guys that are in Dallas already sometime in September, no? Yeah, usually um, guys that are local, we'll try and get together once a week just to go kick around, keep the keep a, doing a little bit of exercise as a group. And then we don't really start hitting like a preseason where we're starting to go every day. I mean, maybe like a month before uh, the season starts. So if it starts in, in November, we, we'll probably start getting together like in October and starting to get that preseason workout in and all that good stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, official preseason, I think, is a month before the season starts where everybody's there and training every day and getting ready. Yeah, I think you guys started close to the end of November last year, so that makes sense. So, I mean, you're actually one of the sports that managed to play a whole season, and you might actually be able to play Almost. the next season, right? Almost. Did they, oh, did they cut off some of the playoffs? Or... We had two games, two regular games left, 
and then all of the playoffs. But again, teams play at different rates, so some teams might be had four games left. Um, so yeah. No, I knew about the playoffs. I, I thought you guys actually managed to finish the season. No, we just had no a weekend left that was mm-hmm. gonna play back to back. That's it. We almost did. I think it was around was when like Wednesday during the week they announced that it was over and our flight's supposed to be like Friday or Saturday to 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 go to Harrisburg and Utica. So we almost finished the whole season. So just switching back over to YouTube uh, comments. I see Garth Adams says he might know a good backup keeper if it's needed. Uh, so if you if they have to travel and uh, Juan can't go, call Garth Adams. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Fetty Urania says, what was your favorite game that you played this season? Gamboa, go. I have to think. <laughs> and my favorite game is going to be when we finally got that horse off our back and beat uh, Mesquite there at home. I mean, um, getting to play them four times and, and getting beat three of them didn't feel very good. But that last game at home where we where we managed to pull it off, that, that was probably the one that felt the best just because, I mean, they're, they're guys that, you, uh, that you've been playing with for a long time and you never want to be shown up by your friends. I mean, you always want to be competitive against your friends and you want to be able to prove that you made the right decision and staying with the sidekicks and not not leaving. So more than anything, it was uh, it felt good to get it for the, for the sidekicks more than anything, just being able to show that we're a team that, that can compete and uh, hopefully we can do it a little bit more often next, next season. I just like to to point out that uh, the, in the comments, it is Fetty from from the media. Like, I, the picture that he's got on YouTube is completely different from what it, what he looks like in real life. So that's Fetty uh, from the Sidekicks. Yeah, Fetty, don't don't hide uh, behind the bush. And we want a different turf next year, man. Yeah, <laughs> silver, silver at least. As he says, it's uh, a an old an old picture from high school. <laughs> So uh, what was your favorite game there? Yeah, I agree. It was against Mesquite as well. We we wanted to win. We want to beat them. And uh, during the season, we couldn't do it. And then we had the last final chance to beat them. And it was at home in front of our fans. And, you know, I think it was good for, for especially for the guys that played for the sidekicks the year before, you know, uh, play against ex-teammates and beat them. And uh, also for our coaching staff, for the, the organization, everybody was fed up to lose to Mesquite all the time. Why are we losing, you know? So I think it was good for us to, to get the win at home against them. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, Freddie, let's let's talk. Let's stay with you for a second. Um, you you actually got traded to Utica City from Tampa Bay uh, in 2019, right? Yes. What's in a league where like most everybody has like at least another job, right? Yeah. Um, what's it? How does the trade system work, and how's that work? Like just up, upping and going. Do they only trade, you know, players that are? Do they ask you first and say, "Are you willing to move?" Or like, what? How does that work? Well, there's two ways to go about it. Or I'm really honest, or I'm just gonna be at you around. But 
Let's, yeah, go, we'll, let's go for the honest one. <laughs> we'll let you choose. Well, I've been traded twice in my career in the league for 13 or 14 years, I think. Uh, and both times it was the same. It comes out of nowhere. I knew that Eureka, they've been trying to get me for a few years before. Uh, I knew the coach. I know the coach there well, uh, the, the president and everybody else, but and it never happened. And me too, I wanted to play in Utica before. But I always when I would speak to them, it would be like, I'm under contract, sorry, I can't, or I just signed or something like that. So we had that thing going for a while. And in Florida, our season was not going very well. And, uh, and because of salary and all of that, uh, they were willing to let me go to Utica uh, for that season because Utica was making the playoffs and they want to win the league. So... They called me for a meeting and they said, look, Utica wants to, wants to bring you, so we're going to trade you to Utica. What do you think? I was like, what do you mean? What do I think? You already told me I have to go. <laughs> so you don't have a choice? Yes, exactly. You really have no choice. If they decide to trade you, you have to go or you go home and, and that's it. You know, there's no more, no more season for you. So I think. So that's, that's what happened. So I went to Utica. Uh, like I said, was in, I didn't want to move because I was in Florida. I was the assistant coach as well. It made no sense for me to move. I, you know, I like the fans, the, the organization, everything else. But it came almost like a stab in the back out of nowhere. And I tried to take the best out of it. And I said, look, I, I thought about it playing there before. Uh, I played with the coach. I think he's a good guy, good person, good coach. Why not, you know? And they're going to the playoffs and maybe something good. Maybe we can win the league. So I went. And, uh, and yeah, so I was out of the blue. And you really have no choice. It's either go there or go home. Hmm. Do they trade many players? Like, earlier in the season, we interviewed um, uh, Moises Hernandez and Daniel Hernandez. And, like, I know Daniel is, a, is an electrician as well. Like it would be really hard for him to move and and go to a different city during the season. Is that do they do they take that into account or like how does that work for for most of these guys, right? I think it is more. First of all, you have to see how the player is doing in a personal level during the season. Let's say Juan is from Dallas and he's doing really really well, and I don't know a team that's making the playoff. They really need a goalie. Maybe they're gonna reach out to the sidekicks and say, look. You know, we want to bring uh, Juan for, for the playoffs and, and, you know, we want to win the league this year. And maybe the sidekicks, because Juan is from Dallas and, you know, he, he, he has his life there and everything else, maybe they would speak to him first, I would, I would hope, you know. But... Uh, does, it, does it happen very often or... Like, I, I'm pretty I still pretty... many local guys, they get traded like that. I don't think so because at least we would expect them to respect the players that... You know, if That's you good. have a life, if you're from the city, you have a, you know, you cannot just pack your bags and go uh, to a different city far away, you know. So, but we never know. <laughs> so, Juan, you, uh, you, you're a coach in Bonham, right? And um, I know a lot of the, the other teammates play in, you know, for like Love Grove and, and, uh, some of those guys play for the Vaqueros as well. Like, do you, is it, do you, 
ever you have you ever entertained playing with any of those guys or tr- like trying to get on that? My schedule's so hectic that um, that I mean I would love to be able to go out and play outdoor. I haven't played in a long time just because of scheduling and family time and and the drive. I mean I live in McKinney, so having to drive to Fort Worth to practice every day would probably not be uh, a very very good thing for me uh being away from home so much so um charge the miles <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so um yeah i mean as much as i would love to can play outdoor uh i just i don't think it, it fits into my schedule and i'm at a point in my life where i mean i can't just play to go play i have family to think about i have jobs to think about and stuff like that so um, I'm happy that the sidekicks are still giving me an opportunity. I'm happy that my school district is, is amazing and, and lets me continue to play and, and go out. And I mean, I mean, they just let me play and they understand that sometimes I'll, I'll miss and stuff like that. And, and they, they've worked really well with me and I'm just happy to be where I am. And that's one of the main reasons that, I'll be starting my sixth year in Bonham just because of the great uh, administration and, and group of people that are out there. Give it, just uh, Bonham ISD, give this man a raise. <laughs> see here, up that way. <laughs> gonna see, I hope they're watching, man. Yeah, no kidding. Here. That's a good plug. <laughs> how, how far is your commute to work, man? I mean, normally. How far is Bonham yeah, from there? I mean, it, it's it's a it's a forty five minute drive, but there's no traffic. There's no. It's just a lot. It's down country road. It's it's not a bad drive. I mean, it, it lets me unwind uh, when I'm coming home from work and that kind of stuff. Uh, it gets a little. I mean, I'm used to it now, but uh, it does get. I mean, you lose two hours out of your day just driving. So, um, but I mean, like I said, I'm happy and. Um, hopefully they, they can keep me up there for a little bit longer. <laughs> you guys put the logo of the school in the name of the school. His salary is going to go up. Yeah, and, of course, of course. We're a Bonham ISD affiliate. Um, yeah. make, make sure, make sure to tag them on the, the podcast replay, you know? <laughs> uh, so question from YouTube, who's the funniest guy on the team and who is the DJ in the locker room? <laughs> Well, the funnest guy has to be, you know, even though he didn't play much this year, I think TJ, no? He's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You have to see his Insta- his Twitter, the, the stuff that he puts now with uh, the TikTok thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Huh? What do you think, Gambo? Yeah, TJ has to be the funniest guy on the team. Um, like he says, he's just... He's just out there. He he doesn't care what people think. He's just out there to have fun. He does does himself, and and it's 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 fun to watch him. It's fun to to see him have fun. And the DJ was who was uh. We switched it up a couple. I mean, sometimes Ray would take over. He he'd do a pretty good job, and then we'd have people like Quintana try and take over sometimes, and his music sucked. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, my my favorite DJ is Ray. He he played music that that actually let you get pumped up for the for the games, and that's that's my shout out for DJs Ray. And then I don't know what Freddie thinks. Who he thought the best DJ was out there? 
No, Rayo's doing a good job. Quintana definitely cannot do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like rotate every game or something? Somebody's doing the warm-up music? No, just uh, whoever had the the boombox there, the, the, the speaker. Yeah. yeah. Would put uh, the songs and would have fun before the game. So that was a good... Uh, like we said before, our group is so good that in the locker room before and even after the games, it's so... It's always good energy, you know. It's so good to be there. It's amazing. Either of you guys crank it up in the in the locker room? Is you guys be DJ for the day? I don't like too much because then I put a lot of Brazilian music. Then keep, people are gonna complain, you know. One <laughs> is gonna put just Mexican music. <laughs> I, I, I've uh, I've actually been in the locker rooms at the next door next door to the um, Allen Event Center playing hockey. They're really small and there's like no built-in sound system. Do you guys just like pack your bows uh, sound wave or whatever and pull it out or how does that work? Or do they have built-in speakers? I think we have everything, man. You guys got everything? <laughs> <laughs> they got the jacuzzi, they got the... Maybe the shower speakers, the Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> Ice bath, you know, masseuse. Uh, have we seen videos of some of the MSL players getting uh, masseuses? Yeah, we have. We have. We have mas- That's the only reason I signed Dallas. I just wanted to have the massage before a game. <laughs> <laughs> Got to negotiate something in, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, so both of you guys, I've, I've talked to you both after after games before, and you're both really good. Uh, with the media, uh, like, do they give you any training, or is this just something that you just pick up from, from you know, being a teacher or just being around for a long time, or like, how how did you guys come to be so so good at expressing your thoughts after the games? Gamboa, bye. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it has to do with being around the game for so long. I mean in high school, college, and then once you start playing indoor soccer, you get you get interviewed and that kind of stuff, and, and you just try and, I mean, you want to make yourself sound good. You don't want to sound like you don't know what you're saying, so you try your best to get your ideas and your thoughts out in the correct way, so um, I think it just has to do with being around for so long and learning the different things, and I mean, just just watching other interviews and stuff like that, knowing the right things to say sometimes are are important. Can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> just just uh, like how? No, I'm just, you, I'm just uh, <laughs> now you're trying to make me look like I don't know what I'm talking you. about. Yeah, okay, I see how it is. I like it. No, like he said, Gabo said, you know, experience from giving so many interviews, you know, all the way from college and. And then at the professional level for some so many years, and they just try to answer the question the guy, uh, the reporter asks. You know, try to be honest and 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 uh, and answer the question. But yes, uh, before I being not trained, but you know, there's some teams that you have the general manager and the and some staff saying what you can say, what you should not say. You know, not to expose the club and your teammates or after game. Sometimes your head is. It's burning, it's boiling, and you expose the coach, and then you regret after, and it creates bad, uh, you know, some bad blood there. So, so you learn, and also you can learn with your mistakes. If if, if you end up doing something like that, you have to be a little bit uh, political, I guess, in the interviews. 
but at the same time, you can be honest and, and say what you think without uh, putting anybody, throwing anybody under the bus. Are you required to uh, mention the Allen Event Center at least three times in every inter- interview? <laughs> Play NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank my sponsors. <laughs> Uh, Fetty says that uh, on YouTube that that if you need if you need any training that uh, he can mentor you and and tell you the things that you can and can't say. <laughs> That's good, very good. Fetty, tell oh, Fetty's listening. I'm just waiting for the Argentinian barbecue, man. He promised us last season. So far, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We could, well, I mean, other teams in the area use their their player fees and and disciplinary fees to pay for that. They just uh, work on that. Yeah, that's it. Because they're such a good group of guys. There's just there is no disciplinary fees. That's why. No, very minimal. Just some guys late sometimes, but that's it. I think. Yeah. Later, going over our budget when we eat out in uh, at games. That's where they get us. Yep. Fetty says that in YouTube that uh, he says uh, the dang Corona ruined the asado. So he's, he's blaming it. <laughs> passing the buck here is what I'm getting at. Excuses. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, Jonathan, you got anything else? I don't, do you guys have any anything that you guys want to, to, to plug? Anything that you guys are charities you're interested in or, um, or, or, or big things you want our listeners to be aware of? I was going to say now that Gamboa is mentioning the travel when you go over the, the budget and the meals and that and, and, and those things. He was joking around, but the sidekicks, I don't know, for people that don't know, they really treat us really well. I've I been, again, played for so many teams and it's hard to be with, with a club that really treats the players so well when we go in away trips, you know, the, the, the meals, I was going to the best restaurants, uh, everything is top notch. They don't, they don't count the pennies to, you know, to save money here or there. You know, they, they, they really take care of us well. Our practice facility is nice or, you know, of course, the, the, the arena we play is really nice. Uh, so us players, we see that. And of course, we want to win for the fans and for us, but also for the organization because they do a great job, Fatty as well, and everybody else. I'm not saying this because he's there or because I have to say this. <laughs> I really I really don't have to say this. So the, the Sidekicks organization, I think they do a very good job. Of course, we have to do better on the field, but I think uh, we have to be patient and, and give them some time and the fans to keep supporting us and getting the season tickets and, and all of that. Because of course they need the organization needs that we need that we need fans in every game, and uh, and and that's it. I just want to add that for it. the people that they really don't know. You know, they really they really work really hard for for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They do do a great job. So, any any plugs for you guys? Any personal projects or any um, anything anything at all you want to plug? Uh, projects so many <laughs> do it this is your time is... yeah no guys so you no. want to say something otherwise i'm gonna keep talking man you go forever no, i just want to 
all those uh, goalkeepers around. Uh, I have my own goalkeeping glove line. There you go. Sports. Um, those are the behind you, right? Dot com. Huh? The ones behind you? Yeah, these are some of the ones I've worn before, but I mean, I have all types of models. What, what size do you need, man? I'll get you. <laughs> really big. Yeah, so uh, yeah, if anybody is in the looks for uh, goalkeeper gloves, I mean, I work hard on the designs. I try and make some good quality gloves at, at good, good prices. Uh, I know a lot of keepers around the area um, have trusted me and using my brand and stuff like that. So thanks to those guys for, for allowing me to keep just busting out designs. I mean, I, that's the main part I enjoy of it, just getting to draw and coming up with different designs and stuff like that. So, um, Very cool. what was the link we, you kind of cut out there? Uh, go meta gk.com. So it's U M E T T A G K.com. I will right, we'll track that down and put it in the show notes for the podcast version. <laughs> we, we just interviewed Jimmy Maurer from FC Dallas. So you could like, so I wonder if does he wear your gloves? Uh, he's big time. He wears another brand that um, that's here from the United States. They've got a little bit more, um, a little bit more power uh, to want keepers to wear their gloves, stuff like that. So gotcha. We won't make you say that name. The brand we shall not speak of. <laughs> this is a one-man show. I can't compete against those big. Well, Garth Adams says his son loves your gloves. So there you um, go. Yeah, I appreciate Garth's support. How about you, Fetty? Any, any personal projects? I don't make gloves. I don't make shirts. <laughs> <laughs> do you make shoes? Do you make boots? No, I don't make boots. But I have a I have a very big annual college showcase here in Montreal. With, uh, with my partner, his name is Antonio Ribeiro. He played for the Montreal Impact for 10 years. Played also for the Canadian national team. So we have a college soccer showcase here. And we bring a lot of big universities across the U.S. and from Canada. And uh, to see the players that come to the showcase and they receive scholarships to go to university. Uh, some younger players, they get uh, some financial aid to go to prep schools, high school schools all over the U.S. and here in Canada as well. So if anybody there has boys or girls, I would say 16 to 21 years old, and they're looking for university scholarships, come to my showcase. You know, just go on my social media, my Instagram or Twitter or something. You can message me and I can send the information. I have some big schools that come every year. Cool. And we'll make sure to get that link in the, in the show notes as well. Thank you. All right. Uh, any parting thoughts before we call it a happy hour? You're missing a sidekick scarf in the background, no? I, I, I was actually going to call him out for that, man. I tried to get one. Uh, the, I, there's only one left on the website. And it's Freddy. Freddy. Come on, Freddy. Freddy. Yeah, man. Marketing. <laughs> I do have a, you know, I've got a shirt over in, in, in the other parts of the room, but. Uh, uh, it's a little tight on me these days. <laughs> Quarantine. Oh, yeah. It's the COVID-19. Yes, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to hit that subscribe either down below in the YouTube links or on your iPhone application uh, podcast of choice. You can catch us online at DallasSoccerShow.com. And I'm just... 
Yeah, uh, YouTube Fetty says, I got you going to the office right now. <laughs> there we go. That's, all right, sweet. So, so the um, next happy hour is guaranteed to be up there. There we go. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, at DallasSoccerShow.com, at DallasSoccerShow on Twitter. Uh, on behalf of Jonathan Roz, Juan Gamboa, Freddie uh, Mujin, on Destination, to take it easy, everybody. Hey, before you go, Fetty, get me a jersey, man. <laughs> 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 Cheers, guys. Cheers.